Hi, Sydney. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Where are you? I am in the Hamptons, so right outside of New York City, where I've been since March. And uh, it's a good thing I'm not drinking every day away because I am very much not a suburban girl, yet here I am. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Sydney, before we get into it, so for your for your fans and people who, who love you, I'm Brett Barish. I own uh, uh, wine and spirits company. I own a bunch of brands, Bel Air, Bamboo, McQueen, uh, some other brands. Um, I started this series a few years ago called Self Made, uh, which is about talking to cool people in music, entertainment, sports, business, kind of hearing the up and coming side, which is the part that motivates me. And I start off the same way every time, which is, uh, Sydney, what does self-made mean to you? First of all, I love that. And of course, know your brands and it's amazing what you do. But to me, self-made is all about being your most confident, your most authentic, your most hardworking self. And for me, I've been working in fashion and entertainment since I was 16. And I always say that a lot of people say that, you know, you don't have to start early, but I think self-made actually is starting early in a lot of ways. So, so take, take me through it. At 16, you knew what you wanted to do? At 16, I would say I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that being a born and bred New Yorker, that I absolutely loved fashion. And from there, I had never actually gone to a sleepaway camp or anything of that nature. So my family was like, listen, if you want to get into a college that's outside of New York, you better, you know, go do something that shows that you can be independent. So I applied to a summer program at Harvard University and took journalism courses. And it was there that I realized that I wanted to mend my love for fashion and storytelling in one, started this blog there. And it really took off and it led to the rest of my career to date. It was all because of that one program at Harvard, living my Elle Woods life. So, so let's take a step step back. Who, who were you? When did fashion kick in? Was there designers that you liked? Was it the celebrity side? When did that happen? I think just being, like I said, growing up in New York City, surrounded by the stores, you walk up Madison Avenue, it's very likely that you run into one of the designers who are standing outside of their boutiques, like a Carolina Herrera being surrounded in that environment was, I would say, the first thing. The second, you know, sort of influence was having a grandmother who was just huge into fashion and loved getting dressed up. And I really believe that as women, we look up to other women in our lives who are very much present. And then at that program, when I had to create a blog as part of my first assignment, I, and we were tasked with writing about any sort of topic, my mind automatically shifted to what I knew, and that was clothing and designers. And so that was the moment I was able to kind of make it come to life. Was this one, how long ago was this? This was now in 2010, so 10 years ago. So blogging, the thing, that was a big deal. What it is. Yeah. It's going in and out. I can't really hear you. Ten years ago would be when blogging. It wasn't. Social media wasn't a big. Correct. Correct. It was not. Instagram was not a thing. Everyone was just 
trying to figure out how they could make their mark and start their own platforms. WordPress was kind of like the new cool thing that people were experimenting with. Why did you like with a blog or did you like getting the feedback? Did you like people commenting? Do you like getting that? It was interesting. At that point, I was really just focusing on my outfits and doing what traditional bloggers do on Instagram and whatnot, focusing on street style. And at that moment, it felt kind of new and fresh. But as soon as I left this program at Harvard and got back to New York, I really felt that I needed to do something different and not just post my outfits. So yes, I it was fun to hear the feedback from people, but it kind of got a little bit redundant just talking about what I was wearing. And I wanted to make the story not about me, but about others. And I wanted to really start incorporating celebrities and talking about what they wear and their fashion in my articles. And so that led me to going to a bookstore appearance for Rihanna. She was coming out with her very first book and I waited in this line. And instead of asking her to just sign the book with her name, I was like, can you please write down your favorite fashion accessory? And I was able to blow that article up into Rihanna, you know, shares top fashion advice for people. And it blew up and we got like 10,000 unique people view that article with literally in like 30 minutes. It was in same. It seems like when I read about you and what you've done, you're creating, the intention was to, to be part of somebody else's brand or to be a part of somebody else's audience. It's, it's all about creating your own, your own world. You're the, you're the brand, you're the audience. Am I right? Now, I would definitely say that. I think that's changed. When I was growing up, I think I always imagined that I would be working for, you know, a magazine, maybe a Vogue. I was an editor at the Daily Front Row for years, which is the Fashion Week publication. And I had a great position there. I was interviewing every celebrity. I was covering the Met Ball, the Grammys. I was that girl, um, you know, on the carpet. And it was great. But media was changing so much. Yep. And, you know, just writing articles for a website for hours and hours on end a day, that's not what people wanted anymore. Like, people are reading, you know, their news outlets for political information. But in terms of fashion and entertainment, it's not about what we're reading as much. It's about what we see. And that's when I realized that I had to leave and make the brand more about me in order for that transition to happen. When did that happen? That happened almost three years ago now. So I was just uh, two years out of college and I had been freelancing for the Daily Front Row that entire time while also interning uh, for other places at the time like Rachel Zoe and Oprah Magazine and it was great. But, uh, you know, it just it hit me. I was like, this is my time to take a risk and do it in my 20s. Is, is, is that a difficult jump? Because, again, I... I... I did what you did. I was in, it was 20 years ago. So I was in my early 30s when I did it. And it's the scariest and best feeling in the whole world. Um, uh, it, 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 what was it like for you making that leap? You know, I always think back to a saying, you know, Koki Roberts, the legendary journalist sure. on ABC. Her husband was a very, it's a very close mentor of mine. He always said, the moment that you start to feel comfortable in your career is when you need to start making yourself uncomfortable. And there's nothing that makes me more afraid 
than just being at a plateau and not seeing growth. So for me, I was more afraid to stay in the safety and comfortability of my position than to actually say goodbye and start something new. Like I'm more about taking the risk than just sort of staying in one place. But so who, who, who do you look, who's, if there was a path of somebody that you see out there that, that you'd like to follow, who is that? I don't think there's quite just one person who's done exactly what I want to do. I kind of see it as like a combination of what Katie Couric is doing post Today Show, where she's really building her own brand of content mixed with like the coolness of a Juliana Rancic on E! you know, a couple of years ago on the red carpet and like during her fashion police days with Joan Rivers, um, maybe a little bit of Kelly Ripa, but there's not one person who's done what I really envision happening. How, how, tell me about the book, Aim High. There it is. <laughs> um, it's so funny. You have like all your booze and I have my book. The booze That's is more right. fun. Um, Aim High is a very motivational book that provides tips and lessons for not just how to build your own personal style, but really how to bring out that confidence from within because confidence is the one accessory that never goes out of style ever. Woman, man, whatever. It's the one thing that looks great. But I think for a lot of people, both men and women, it takes time to really find who they are and how they want to reflect themselves through their clothing because the clothing we wear it tells a story. It really does. Yep. Like you can tell your, I don't know if it's a sweatshirt or a t-shirt from the <laughs> position, but you can tell you're going for like an edge or a vibe. Today I'm wearing a little bit of pink. Maybe I'm more girly. You know what I mean? So it's what we all kind of judge each other on, whether it's conscious or not. Um, but the book, you know, it, it's every chapter, different lessons, different anecdotes and stories. It's fun. It's lighthearted. And I think it's the kind of book, you know, for me, pre-pandemic, and I still do it now remotely, I host fashion segments on the Today Show and E! Inside Edition. Those segments are over within five minutes, and I would get literally hundreds of women constantly after these segments writing to me they needed more. So this is the more. This is a place you can keep going back to time and time again. Do, do, how, making the decision to write a book, was that ever a plan? Or, like, for me, the... Uh, the greatest feeling is leaning in on something unexpected, meaning it just felt right. It's, you know, it's taking a walk one day and I want to go in this direction. So it's not, it, it wasn't a big plan, but all of a sudden it becomes the plan. Yeah. For me, I would say I, I am, I was a journalism major at GW, George Washington University School of Media and Public Affairs. So writing has always been very much in my DNA. And I think I always envisioned a book at some point happening, but I never thought that it would happen right now at 26. And the last thing I wanted to do was to come out with a book in my 20s that makes it seem like I've done it all. Here's what I've yep. done. That's not the point. The point is more for the person who's on the journey and who's on the ride. Because most people who come out with books, they've already done everything they've wanted. Sure. But to be journey is a totally different situation but it's a quite the process I've never given birth to a child but I imagine it is a similar sort of moment in the sense that you know you're really putting something out into the universe and it's for everyone else to look at and um to see but you, I mean in reality you're also doing that every day you know in the sense of social media and putting yourself out there and and I think uh, I don't know. I always find it interesting, that kind of confidence. And you're very young. 
to have that confidence is amazing. And I always find everybody who I get to talk to, they have that un, they have that confidence. They don't care. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And I don't care at all. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. I think it's just, you know, it's, it's at a different age for everybody, but it's that sense of knowing yourself and who you are. And no matter what point of life that comes in, that's what I think allows you to just sort of be you and do you and not caring what people think. But it's interesting what you said, social media. Yes, I definitely show a good chunk of my life. But I definitely go into more detail about certain topics in this book. And maybe it's because when you're writing, you're alone and you feel like it's safe. But there's definitely more of an expansion on some of what you see on Instagram in the book. Do, do you find every day, do you find whether you're, 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 the people who are following you, the people who are asking you questions, the people who are picking up your book, do you find that the your, the unexpected audience that you have now that you never would have expected? A hundred percent. Also, the fact that my audience is so wide in age. Sometimes I'll actually pull some of the people who randomly DM me because I'm just so curious. I'm like, how did you learn about me? I'm just yep. curious, and it's good research. And a lot of what I've been getting is people who are either it's mothers who are saying, we watch the Today Show, we watch television, you know, we love you on TV. Or when it's really young, there'll be people who are, you know, when they're teenagers or early 20s, and they're like, our mothers introduced us to you from them watching you on TV and talking about fashion. So that's always interesting. But definitely the book has brought, you know, a lot more attention naturally, which is what I think goes on with books. But it's a lot of What are the two or three things that you get asked the most? In general? Fashion, 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 <laughs> fashion advice. Uh, I would say, you know, when to splurge and when to save is always a big question. Like, when are you going to Zara versus saving up for that Chanel bag? My advice to that is to always splurge on the classics that won't go out of style and save on the trendy items that you're probably not going to wear after a season or two. But as you get older, I think people do make wiser decisions about where they spend their money. So even me at 26 versus 20, I'm much wiser about what I choose to add into my uh, online shopping cart. And then I think other people, a lot of the questions are like how to dress when it comes to dating and dating app profiles of a lot of single millennials who follow me. I'm the last person to give dating advice, but I think I have some good tips for how to dress for your dates and apps and just looking good and feeling yourself because I think men gravitate towards women who are confident. I think it's sexy, like not in an arrogant way, but just to her, you know, sure of themselves and got it going on but yeah did, did has clearly has fashion advice changed during COVID I think so I would say obviously pre-COVID and right before COVID hit I was just at fashion week I usually go to about 40 shows a season so my life is just totally consumed by that and everyone's so caught up on what are the hottest trends what you know is the cool new designer that we should be focusing on I think what this pandemic has taught us about fashion is that it's really more about celebrating you right now, yep. individuality, and what makes you feel good about yourself. So that whole I don't care mentality, like you were saying, I think that right now is most relevant in fashion. Most relevant, people are literally just like, I don't care if I can't fit into my jeans right now. I'm going to wear a pair of sweatpants, and I embrace it. 
And I love that. I think that's great. How did how did lunchtime with Sydney start? Lunchtime with Sydney started out of quarantine um, as well. I was traveling like a crazy person before the pandemic. I thought I was moving to LA for a gig. I was on all these shows nonstop. And I was just getting a little anxious. I was like, I used to go out for lunch every day. Yeah. For me. Um, and I was a huge networker. And I was like, this is going to feel like a really lonely 30 minutes out of my day that yep. portion I'm usually with people. And if I felt that way, I had imagined that there's a lot of other people who probably feel the same at that time, that precious time of like leaving your office and being social is gone. So I wanted to create something that would make people feel less alone during that break. Obviously it's a little complicated because 1230 is a, you know, lunch on the East coast, but yeah. early, but you do what you got to do. It's lunchtime for someone everywhere. And it's been great. We've had over 125 guests, celebrities, designers, wow. stylists. It's grown and it's like my new baby and it's so fun getting to manage who, every part of it. So who do you like to talk, if you had to choose one, you had to choose one, uh, celebrity designer or stylist, who would you want to talk to? Celebrity. Why? Because I think celebrities are the most, when I, you'll understand, I think when I say this, well-rounded in the sense that they're not as niche. So they might be into fashion in some capacity, whether it's because they're known for their style on a red carpet or they have a brand endorsement deal, but it's not all that they are. And I think at this point in my life, I'm more inspired by those types of people, like people who are just really kind of like on the cusp of what's next and what's current. And I think a lot of celebrities are great at doing that. Are you, uh, I could, when I walk by a window, let's say a Ralph Lauren window, I'm always shocked because I could never, they're so creative, the designs, so creative. I could never, I could create an iconic bottle forever. I could never constantly re come up with something new and new and new. Are yeah. you ever amazed by designers and, and what they do and the fact that they're able to constantly evolve and constantly come, you know, reimagine things? Honestly, I'm not because I'm a very creative person. I'm an idea person. My mind is going at a million miles a minute every single day. And I think creative people just operate that way. And that's in our DNA. It's, it's part of them. It's not, it's not a difficult thing. It's part of designers and who they are, and that's what makes them so talented. I think it's 100% an impressive skill to be able to envision things and then make them come to life. And not every designer knows how to actually create the clothing. They can come up with the concepts, and then someone else is actually physically making it. So for the people who can actually make it, I think that's super um, – it, it's, it's pretty amazing. But in terms of the idea part of it, it's not surprising because it's who they are. Are you in L.A.? No, uh, uh, Chicago. You're in Chicago. Okay, yeah. So I live actually right by the Ralph Lauren stores in New York. Like I pass by every single day. And it's true. The windows and the whole thing are uh, incredible. It's, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Who, who, who's, your, who's your top three designers? You had to pick. I would say Wes Gordon for Carolina Herrera is always very feminine and classic. I just love as a brand what Balenciaga does. I think they're super cool. And I would say Bottega Veneta right now is definitely uh, 
it's cool, it's fun, it's different. Like, it's the perfect example of a brand who was so irrelevant for like two decades long, and then something happened and they're killing it and everyone wants a little piece of it. I kind of like that brands who kind of reinvent themselves. Sure, reinvent themselves. Do you follow men's fashion at all? Honestly, no. And <laughs> unbelievable, the number one question I get with guys when, if I date, which I really don't now, they'll be like, do you care if guys, you know, don't know about clothes? I'm like, I would prefer it, to be honest with you. I, I like someone who puts themselves together, but I don't care at all if they actually have an understanding of the business and brands. I just don't care. So what's next, Sydney? What's next for you? What what, what do you want to accomplish? If you do you set goals? Totally. Tons of everywhere. Post-it notes all over the place. So what's the next couple goals? You know what? I think it's so hard to really plan during this moment and time. I think everyone always wants that instantaneous gratification. And this is like giving us a lesson to just kind of be in the moment. And my goal is to just expand on what I'm doing now. I, this lunchtime series, I love it so much and it's grown so much. And I think it's sort of like this, you know, um, sign to just focus on it and see what it can become. And definitely more products too. In tandem with my book, I launched a, hoodie as part of an athleisure nice. collaboration, which sold out within 24 hours, which is awesome. And I also want to be able to give my followers, you know, more of an opportunity to kind of like have that aim high sort of vibe and motivation into their closets and homes. Well, I, so love, I actually love the book name. I love the name. I love it. So before we go, Sydney, I do uh, real quick, I do 10, 10 uh, word association. I'm going to okay. mention some people, you know, and I, I just gut reaction one word. Okay. That's cool. Uh, I ready? Fern Malice. Love her. Aim high. Epic. Steve Madden. A boss. Montana Tucker. Talented as hell. Violet Benson. Am I doing this right? <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Violet Benson. Raw AF. Uh, Maya Vander. Sweetest thing. Ted Gibson. So, so knowledgeable about hair. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke Baldwin. A legend in news. Legend. I love her. Jill Zarian. A character. Heather Dubrow. <laughs> My new BFF, honestly. <laughs> All right. I love it. Hey, Sydney, I love talking to you. Congrats on your success. I love people who do their own thing. I, I just, it's every day I get inspired by having conversations like this. This is my high. Um, I take something away from everybody I talk to and I share it with my team. Um, and uh, I think we all can get back in our little way. Um, if there's anything I can do for you to help your brand, please ask, please ask. Um, and if you ever do have men's fashion advice, uh, I, I could always look for a little help. <laughs> I'll definitely like you so much for having me. I can't wait to have my drink when it arrives. And Please I will be do. Please posting. do. Cheers. 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 Cheers, everybody. Take care. Vote. Take care. Vote. Bye. Vote. Vote. <laughs> Bye.